We are going. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Spot Fest. I am Travis here with Silvio, who is sick as fuck. That is facts. I uh, am in between throwing up to record this podcast, so if there's a long pause at any point, that's probably what it is. But uh, we're here to give you the wrestling information that uh, you want to hear. So even through sickness and health. Yeah, we're uh, a little behind. We uh, we skipped last week because last week there was not fucking shit to watch. Um, so it would have just been a GCW report basically. And as much as we would love to do that, it it wouldn't be worth it. So we got two weeks worth of matches. We got nine matches to cover today. And then we got a bunch of stuff to cover in our vegan segment, but we'll get to that at the end. Um, so let's just jump right off with the, uh, with the Jay Freddie and Brandon Thurston beyond match. Uh, this was the opener of beyond uncharted territory, three so not this past week the one before and uh this match was fucking nuts it was just like it was crazy how hard both of these guys went and like the the chain wrestling of of all of it just felt like so like perfect and it had like just the right element of like like i don't know it wasn't perfectly crisp and clean like you'd expect for a lot of the for a lot of guys like that but that kind of added to it in my opinion uh and the match was like kind of long, but it doesn't feel like it. And like they got the crowd super fucking hot during it. Uh, I thought that the the chopping battle too was just fucking awesome. So these were guys who I literally had never heard of, and they crushed it. They, I mean, I I want to watch them have as many matches as I possibly can now. Yeah, this match absolutely blew me away. I remember you weren't watching live. I was, and I looked up later. So. Uh, we're going to talk about Beyond a lot on this podcast, and I'll explain why. They were the first indie I really got into. I'm from uh, Massachusetts normally, and my friend DJ told me, you have to drive down to Rhode Island and check this company out. And uh, that's when they were running out of Rhode Island. They run mostly out of Massachusetts now, sometimes out of Rhode Island. And they just blew me away. It was always really fun matches. Um, they always try to tell some sort of story, and I just love the Uncharted Territory concept. In this match is exactly why i've apparently seen jay freddy live before i just don't remember him but this match started a little slow and then just broke down into chaos near the middle and end but not chaos in the way you're thinking it was just it looked like a fight near the end of this match it looked less like a wrestling match it was it's i feel like i just explained that kind of poorly but it's it really it hooked me i was on the edge of my seat for the last probably 10 minutes of this match yeah, and that's what I, that's kind of what I was trying to allude to is that like uh, watching these guys towards the end of the match as it really picks up, it no longer feels like clean choreographed wrestling. It's like these are two dudes who are trying to just beat the shit out of each other because it looks cool, um, and that's what like really fucking draws you in. I like I said, I had never heard of either of these guys. I've definitely I, I I've never seen either of them. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. Maybe at a house of hardcore or something. But other than that, there was nothing I would have seen them at. Uh, and I thought they crushed it. I uh, 
I mean, honestly, like you, like we said, the the Beyond cards have been really good for Uncharted territory, but this match was just so much better than the rest of that show. That like, I wish that this was the main event because it was. This is the best match Uncharted has done, hands down. Like it's not even close. And we're gonna talk about another match. And before, also, I think you said this was week three. It's actually week five. Week three is the Kylie Ray Orange Cassidy match. Is the other oh. one we're going to talk about? Yeah. So this one actually was this was week four. This week is week five. This week is week five. Okay. Yeah. So then this was the week four one. Okay. My bad. Yeah. And um, I will say too, this match they actually put up for free, which rocks. So we retweeted it. Uh, it's probably a little easier to find that because we tweet a little less than Beyond does. But if you you can just straight search this match on YouTube and it's there. And I would go as far to say out of every other match we're going to talk about today, that is the one that if you're listening to this, just go check it out. Like, I I can't imagine someone not liking that match. I agree, and I went into it, so you watched it live and I didn't. I went into it having heard from you that this was a match that was going to be, like, four and a quarter, and I was like, okay, like, you, you go into stuff like that, hearing it, you get hyped up as much as it did, a bit apprehensive, and uh, so I went into it like, well, I'll see if this is actually as good as people are making it out to be. And it was. Like, it was straight up amazing. Um, I've started trying to use that Grapple app. I'm going to see if they have any of the Beyond stuff listed on here. Not if sure if they do yet. They should if they don't. Yeah, it's a... Uh, honestly, this app is kind of trash. It's got to be the slowest working app I've ever used <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> They're trying, man. Yeah, maybe it'll load by the end of the show. Uh, well, fuck it, whatever. Uh, but I mean, I saw I saw people on like like I, like I think before I'd even watched it, Voices of Wrestling was talking about it, and it's like I was just seeing like everyone tweet about how good this match was. So you go into it and you're like, is this going to be a victim of hype? And it wasn't. Like it's it lives up to everything. It's just two dudes who are trying to steal the show, and they do it. And it's also cool because they're both like they're both veterans. Like they're both these are both like seasoned guys uh, who just come out and fucking crush it. It was great. Um, Brandon Thurston, Voice of Wrestling, I like, so when they started tweeting about it, I, like, I'm going to be honest, I ended up watching this match back over, because I was a little bored in the, like, when I first started watching it, and I saw Voice of Wrestling tweeting about it, and Brandon Thurston actually does a podcast on their network, so yeah. I thought they were overhyping it, um, but I still had it on to the side, and I was, like, down on my phone, and I looked up, and I was like, okay, let me pay attention, and, like, right as I did that is when this match just went into complete chaos. So I yeah. definitely, you might think they overhyped it, but they were pretty much spot on. Yeah, I I didn't know I didn't know at the time he did the podcast, and then they talked about it in the Voices of Wrestling podcast. I still watched the match, still liked it. I did listen to his most recent WrestleNomics that he just put out. Um, I mean, I think we can both both say that we listened to at least like fifty percent of all the podcasts on that network. Um, and uh, wow, Brandon Thurston fantastic wrestler i i want to glue a microphone to his mouth because trying to listen to him talk he just is so quiet and i was just like how are you so angry in this match and you're just not at all <laughs> like this podcast you're just too soft-spoken to the point where I, I can barely make out what you're saying half of the time but that's also a, a problem across that whole network but you know no shade <laughs> um, it's true you know it's true I mean, there's definitely some people who could work on that. I think that's for a lot of people as well. It just it's not super difficult to set up like decent sounding audio in this day and age. Yeah, exactly. It's like it sounds like people start 
uh, like it sounds like they start leaned into their microphones and as they continue their conversation, just lean all the way back and then they're talking like this and you're like, I can't hear anything you're saying. Yeah. Which is my nightmare. Uh, so if I ever do that, please let me know. I uh, absolutely won't. And if, if you're a listener and you, and you hear us do that, tweet at us and call me a fucking idiot. Um, so uh, the next match we're going to cover is the another super hyped up match. Uh, that you picked, but we both knew was going to end up on here, which is the Alpha One uh, dog collar match between MJF and Ethan Page. Uh, yeah. So go ahead and talk about this one. So this match, um, Alpha One is Ethan Page's company, and he puts himself in the main event, so you would think that wouldn't make sense, and there's no, like, it's kind of him putting himself over, but I mean, that show, especially if you go back and watch it, is it's in the middle of a snowstorm and he has this venue completely packed out and just in on this match this match is a long time coming for alpha one they basically have been going for i think i want to say it was the end of last year or a little before that i think like i think the first time this happened was september um and mjf and ethan page kind of had a feud going there and this was supposed to sort of be the end of that feud uh this match just went from one to a hundred really quick. I love that it just started out with just Ethan Page getting his ass kicked forever. It felt like, like it yeah. felt like he was just getting his ass kicked for like 20 minutes when it wasn't that long. And then it kind of went into a back and forth from there. Um, one really funny spot, which with MJF takes runs to the back and takes the collar off and then runs back out behind Ethan Page and knocks him over stuff like that. They definitely did a good job of really owning that crowd. They that crowd loved every minute of what was happening, and I think that made me enjoy the match even more. But we're also very big MJF fans, huge. So that's not a shocker. But I'm not a huge Ethan Page fan. I know you're not the biggest Ethan Page fan. So for this match to be as good as it was for me, kind of shows how good an indie can still do storytelling. Yeah, um, I mean. It's honestly putting it nicely to say I'm not, not a big Ethan Page fan. I uh, I literally, this is the first time I've ever even been remotely entertained by an Ethan Page match. I, I can't stand him. Um, and I thought he killed it this match. I thought I thought he was great. Um, I have I have two critiques for Alpha One Wrestling. Uh, the first one is uh, it's it's really really simple to make a steady cam. Uh, you can get like two pieces of PVC pipe, put a weight at the bottom, put your camera on the top with a screw, and then I don't get vertigo watching these matches. Um, and number two is, if you are a kid, shut the fuck up. Just, I, I hate kids. I hate listening to them make the same dollar store, dollarama joke the whole time for MJF. It's like, shut up. So message to all children, shut the fuck up. I um, thought you were texting me during while you were watching this match, and you were like, I hate these kids, I hate these kids, and, like, the whole time I'm just thinking of that Michael Jordan fuck them kids meme, yeah. but at the same time, I was just like, I think Travis is gonna hate this match because of this now, I was like, I think these kids might have ruined it for him. Yeah, I mean, I will I will say, it was, it. it's like, I was just in Target earlier today, and uh, there was a kid screaming, and, like, it, it wasn't bothering uh, Colby in the slightest bit and I'm just standing there like fuming angry and she's like what's wrong and I'm like I, I need to get away from this fucking kid like I want to throw this kid in the trash and we were I mean on like probably we were like very far away from the child and it was still just bothering the shit out of me I, I can't stand kids um, but uh, 
which is funny on a wrestling podcast because that's who it's fucking made for. But um, anyway, uh, I thought the match itself though was great. I I loved the the heel shit with MJF taking his uh the collar off and running around the back. Uh, I thought that was so funny. And then I loved the uh, the spot when MJF was trying to set the table up on the chairs <laughs> and it just kept falling. And then he yeah. yells at the ref and makes the ref do it. I thought I thought that was so funny. He's- unbelievable like it's one of those things where when people tell me they don't like him it really like confu- it just confuses me because his promo stuff is great he's only getting better in the ring slowly and just little things like that he'll do in the middle of a match and it's just like what more do you want exactly it's like he is so good at controlling a room through like a thousand different ways like it can be with his like he can do heel shit he can do shit to slow the matches down that, that people just get bothered and annoyed by he can talk with the best of them. He does like the shit like that to the ref. It's like he just he walks out and it does not matter how many people are there. He is controlling what is happening. And it's it's so cool. I, I mean, I just I love MJF. I, I can't say enough good things about MJF. Um, but I uh, there was oh, there's something I was about to talk about with the with the match. And I totally just forgot. But oh, OK. Well, so a, a while back, people had talked about MJF was supposed to do Cage of Death as the CCW champion with RSP. And uh, there was a rumor that he, like, backed out because he was, like, scared to do, like, a hardcore match of some sort. And I heard that, and I was like, okay, I could kind of see that because he's, like, a good-looking, well, not really, but kind of, like, early 20s kid. He doesn't want to throw away his career and become a deathmatch guy when it doesn't fit into his gimmick in the slightest bit. But then you watch them go out and do... Definitely a hardcore match. Definitely not a deathcore match. I mean, a death, <laughs> deathcore. Deathcore, Jesus. Definitely not a death match. But like, still going out and doing a hardcore match, and it was like, it fit. Like everything he did was just felt so vindictive, and like, it was so sick just to watch him go out there and just be like, such a dick when he was doing all of his fucking moves, uh, and it, all of the weapon use, everything just felt like he still made it fit into this like. I'm a pretentious asshole gimmick, you know, like he didn't like do stuff that was like, he didn't, obviously he's not going to hike the crowd up, but he doesn't do stuff that seems like he, he only seems like he's using weapons for the pragmatic nature and to piss the other person off. It doesn't like, it, it feels like he, that's how he works them into, into matches. And that's what I thought was so cool. And it was done so well by him. Yeah, I remember people saying that he backed out of that match, and I thought it was kind of goofy because, like, he was walking around in a sling for, like, months afterwards and didn't wrestle for, like, three months. So he was obviously actually injured, but people kept saying, oh, he didn't want to do Cage of Death. And it's like, no, like, he got injured. Granted, he's not a deathmatch guy. I don't—I love deathmatches. Not everyone has to do them. I'm not, like, bummed that he didn't do a Cage of Death. Like, that doesn't hurt me. Also, CZW sucks now. Like, I tried because we, I wasn't sure if we were going to do one last week, so I watched Best of the Best, and it was one of the most boring shows I've watched. From minute one to the end, like, it was just unbelievably boring, and the main event was, I watched it because I heard that, it's a spoilers, at the end it got to David Starr versus, oh my god, I can't think of his name. John Silver. Thank you. He's literally on Uncharted Territory in like an hour, so I don't know why I can't think of his name. But it got to them, and I'm like, oh, okay. These guys are going to kill it. I love both of these guys so much. And they weren't even good on this show. It just, CZW seems to be a place people go to just make money now. And the craziest thing was today seeing videos of Moxley, um, because we're recording this on Wednesday, May 1st. So Moxley put that video out at midnight. 
And seeing videos of just how insane the CZW crowd was when he was there to now where it's like no people who are even like half interested, it it's a bummer. But the fact at least we have GCW helps. Yeah, that's the thing too. It's like GCW is just fucking smoking like every other independent promotion right now. I mean, like obviously there's ones that are still doing well, but like everything GCW touches turns to gold yeah. and they're just, they're just CZW done better, you know? And it's like, like if you told me when I was 22, just signed a contract or was possibly going to be signing a contract with a a major company at some point in the near future. And my gimmick was that I'm a rich asshole to have a death match in a cage with RSP. I'm going to tell you to fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, not not a smart move. Like, why the fuck would he agree to do that? It's like, oh, hey, this thing that doesn't fit into your character whatsoever and also is going to be in front of probably, like, 35 people. Like, why the fuck would he say yes to that? And yeah. uh, and then he was injured in addition to that. And it's like, you think, you, think that, you think that MJF is so dedicated to getting this, like, I was injured gimmick over and for CZW that he was going to wear a sling for three months? Like, what the fuck? Don't be an idiot. That would be stupid. Nobody cares about CZW that much. You could He could have worn a sling to the show and taken it off right there after cutting a promo, and people would not have cared. Like, nobody cares what you do for, EC, for GCW. Yeah. And for CZW. Everyone cares for GCW. But um, you got anything else you want to touch on for the dog collar match? Not really. I think I'm good with that one. I kind of, it's an again, I mean, when we bring up matches here, I'm basically telling you to go watch it. This is one that I think if you're a fan of MJF, this is a great watch to just kind of prove how much you love him. Like, it's a great match of his. I don't think it's even his best match ever. He's had better, um, specifically those Janela matches in CCW, funny enough. Yes. Were much be- they're much better than this, but this is still a good match. Like, I would definitely say it was worth watching. Unfortunately, the rest of the card is a little boring, um, but if you have internet independent wrestling TV, it- it's there. Just scroll towards the end, and it's it's good. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like this is a harder match to find uh, if you don't have independent wrestling television and you're looking to uh, watch it through like illegal means. You're not. It's it's not like a match that's gonna be posted somewhere really, unless they posted it on like a YouTube page or something. And like you said, this snowstorm happened, so the 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 card itself fell apart. They were supposed to have like, I know Brian Cage was booked on it. And they had a bunch of guys booked, and it ended up just being you know they all fell through because of a snowstorm. It's Cleveland, uh, so that match stands out i i would not recommend watching anything else on that card uh i honestly even go, go back to the first match i probably wouldn't watch the rest of that uncharted territory because jay freddie and brandon thurston killed it so uh i like some of the other matches on that i'm not gonna go that far it wasn't but, a bad show but the point of this podcast is to say like maybe the rest of the card isn't good but make sure you watch these matches so make sure you watch that ethan page mjf match uh that'll probably in in ideally that will be the last time i have to talk about ethan page uh, ever in my life, but you know we'll see what happens. Maybe he'll uh, turn it around after being a bad wrestler for like 14 years. So uh, next match was a six-man tag death match from the most recent DTU show. Um, GCW is billed as like being partially putting this match on, but uh, or putting the show on. There's no GCW guys on the entire card. Even, like, Ciclope and Mido Extremo, who are from Mexico, not on the card, not doing this deathmatch show. The only two guys that went down are Oren Vate 
and G Raver, both of them in this match. Uh, I don't recognize a single other name uh, in this this match, but it's hysterical. Who's uh, in this match? Do you have the names written down? Because you I never actually have... sent me the names. Hold on, let me pull the names back up because I, I feel bad. I thought I wrote them down, but I didn't. Um, but I can start talking about it in the meantime. I can uh, pull up cage match too, so you can keep talking about it. I'll find it. The the match starts with like them introducing people. And right away, it's funny because as soon as the match actually like the bell rings, uh, the teams seemingly go out the window. Here, okay, here are the uh, the teams. We have G Raver and Principe Comida. We have Arrow Boy and Crazy Boy, and then Orin Vate and Crazy King. Yeah, I have this pulled up now. Do you know any of those guys? I do. Um... I really only am familiar with Arrowboy. Um, I haven't seen too much. I know Crazy King is pretty well known there as well. Uh, just to completely go here, I didn't watch this match. Um, unfortunately, we try to watch every single match. This one, I couldn't find it. And then I know you sent me the link to it. And at the time you had sent me the link, I was absolutely and I would like to describe as a fever coma. So I ended up not watching it. Yeah, and I mean, if you've ever watched, uh, I, I mean, realistically, this match is not on the list because of the, uh, it, this is not Takeda Kodaka, but with six people. This is, this is what everyone, this is everyone's nightmare about death matches put into one death match. Like, it's like a dream and a nightmare at the same time. Um, first off, the light tubes that they use in DTU uh, are. I mean, they have to be at least twice as long. I don't. They're real. They're really, really weird. Yeah, I don't know if that's something to do with something in Mexico. I'm not sure, but I've never seen those before. It's yeah. only a DTU. It's so weird. It's so funny. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's so funny to watch these things because when they break, even it looks like there's two of them, and everyone is like nursing them like really really trying to make sure they always break the light tubes in the middle of them and uh watching that is funny just because of like people getting close to each other and then slowly breaking these light tubes um that already it already starts funny and right when it starts there's there's some like high flying lucha shit and you're like okay cool this is going to be like a fast-paced uh hard-hitting lucha infused death match and that goes out the window about five minutes in um <laughs> And then it breaks down to every single person in this in this match, like has a spot against one another, and that's not to say like like even people who are on the same teams, it just doesn't seem like they are. They just they like everyone does shit to each other. Um, one of the funniest parts of that being that in the beginning, G Raver and Orin Vate, who I thought were on a team together, start just beating the shit out of each other with like tubes and everything. And then later on, the match ends, not to spoil it, but at the closing part of the match, Orin Vate is now working with G-Raver, and he, he holds G-Raver's back down to make sure that the pin goes through so that they win. And it's like, you guys weren't on the same team. Why the fuck did that just happen? Um, but one of the, another one of the funnier parts of this is that not the ending... Usually, if, a, if fire comes out and someone goes through something on fire, that's it. That's fucking game over. That's the end of the match. Not with this match. They pull, they, it looks like they set light tubes on fire, which I don't know how that didn't just cause them to instantly explode. But 
they set light tubes on fire and go through flaming light tubes, and the match just keeps going. Um, which Sounds was like a normal DTU match. Yeah, I mean, and and the, it's hilarious to watch because there's like. 65 of the most uninterested people you've ever seen like they're just they just don't give a shit uh one of the guys gets thrown into the crowd <laughs> and everyone's like just kind of chilling like looking at him like what the fuck you doing man like <laughs> like they just do not fucking care and it's so it's like it obviously sucks to see because it's like you want people to care but it's also just so funny to watch a match where people are just, just do not give a shit um and also just, like, there's so many times where people are just walking around in the ring while two guys are wrestling. They're just kind of walking, like, watching it. <laughs> like, not even, like, doing, like, the like the boring, like, stand outside. You know, you know like, in, like, the, the GCW scramble matches, it'll be, like, two guys are going and then four guys are outside selling. But, like, they're just, yeah. like, kind of not even doing that. They're just literally standing in the ring <laughs> watching these matches happen. And then once one of the guys gets like thrown out, they they will start. But like, they just chill for so long, and it's so fucking funny. I, I like, is this a match that you need to watch? Probably not. But is this a match that's a good fucking time? Absolutely. Like, I put it on here because it's something that I don't think people watch enough of, which is just like complete and utter car crashes in, like, a funny way. You know, like, if you tell me, like, a match is really bad, like the Lucha Brothers versus uh, the Hart Foundation at, on, in MLW, and it's just, like, wait, that's what it was, right? It was... Yeah, this year's thinking of the right one. Yeah, yeah, where it's just, like, a disaster, and, like, Teddy Hart's trying to keep everything in order, and it's just, like, that's not what you want ever. Like, that you want to watch for, like, how bad it sucks. Like, uh... I watched a match a couple months ago at RevPro that was like CCK, I think, against Aussie Open, and it's just, it's fucking terrible. And you're like, oh, you should watch this because you'll almost never see something this bad again in your life. But this, on the other hand, is like, you should watch this because, like, the shit they do that's wrong is fucking hilarious. It is just, like, it's like half young, like, deathmatch guys and a couple old deathmatch guys, and they all just do not seem like they want to actually be a part of this match in the slightest bit. Yeah, TTU is now, they're about to start streaming to YouTube. I think this show was. I'm not 100% sure. It was one of the recent ones was. And I think that's cool. I like watching DTU. The crowd does seem to never care, which is weird, because when you watch, like, AAA or CMLL, the crowd is always, like, really into Super it. hot. Um, DTU, for some reason, it feels like everyone was dragged there by someone wrestling, which is a bummer because the wrestling isn't bad. Like, it's definitely enjoyable. Uh, I mean, it's it's really the only place to see uh, Mido Extremo anymore, and, like, in Ciclope, like, because they can't go out of the country, apparently. Like, oh, I think they could, they've been in Freedoms a couple times, but they can't come back to the U.S. because of visa issues, apparently. Yeah. So because of that, like, it's really the best we're going to get to see them so i'm gonna watch dtu i think they're a company if you like death matches it's worth seeking out it's not gonna be the top of the top but it's enjoyable yeah and i actually i was just at a wrestling show over the weekend talking to uh, our friend luis about uh mito extremo i guess he's just in japan all the time he like loves japan and he wants to be he's like learning japanese and like wants to become a japanese wrestler so That's sick 
Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, could you imagine Cyclope, Amito, Extremo, and fucking BJW? That would be that'd amazing. That'd be cool. I don't think, yeah, they've done Freedoms a couple times. I don't think they've gotten to BJW yet, but that'd yeah. be awesome. I'd love to see it. I mean, they're great. Uh, and for people listening, I, I, Freedoms is good. You guys should, you guys should try and follow Freedoms and BJW. They're just hard to find, but like every now and then, DTU will have matches at those at the level of like some of those matches of Freedoms and BJW. Like Slack was the champion in DTU for how long? Like this is usually a decent promotion. This match, yeah, just hilarious. Is that Clipper? That is not. Um, actually, no, that was Clipper. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think Audrey just got home, but uh, it's either Clipper and Ellie both barking. I think Clipper is uh, my roommate's little corgi. Yeah, he uh, he barks. He barks a lot. I love Clipper because he's amazing. I'll post a photo of him after this goes up so everyone can see how great he is. But um, Clipper has now officially been on the show. Christian, if you're listening, he made it. It took one episode, but now he's finally here. He actually was on the first one right before we started recording last time. Like, So we had pressed the button to start, and before we went into the intro, he barked. Uh, but I edited it out. Damn. All right, well, I, I, I'm good on this death match. You, you good on it? Yeah, I'm good on it. All right, so next match is uh another actually good wrestling match shockingly good like amazing possibly match of the year which we did not expect which is marty scroll and it's it's tim all this no nick all this nick all this why do i keep yeah. fucking that up i don't know you're probably just thinking of magnus which is what i think of every time i see him yeah yeah so uh dude i just i just nick all this yeah okay i yes. forgot already Marty Skrull, Nick Aldis from the uh, Crockett Cup. Um, I'll let you take this one. Before you take this one, I just must say that Jim Cornette is by far the worst commentator you'll ever listen to in your entire life. All right, go ahead and uh, talk about this match. All right, I will definitely get into Jim Cornette at some point as well um, because I hated listening to him speak. But so this match... I went in thinking this was going to suck. Basi- I know they've been friends for a long time. Um, I didn't hate all of Magnus's stuff in TNA. Haven't really liked him as NWA champion. A huge fan of Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull's great, but I just didn't really think he was going to be able to pull anything out of him. Um, and then I think it was maybe five minutes into the match. Uh, all this is just bleeding, like, very, very badly. And from there, it just kept this pace that I never expected this match to get to. Uh, as alluded to by Travis, this is literally my match of the year right now. And I feel so weird saying that. I'm sure something cooler will happen. Uh, but it was amazing. It started off with some cool chain wrestling. It really just kind of kept you in the whole time. Scroll did like a nice little thing where he got uh, all this bodyguard kicked out in a smart way. And the, they did a great camera work, which I can't believe I'm saying that about NWA because they're normally awful with it in this recent reboot. The camera work where it pans right to Marty as he's tapping his face, as tapping the side of his head like I use my brain basically. But it was just this match blew me away there's nothing it's it's hard for me to go even further than that about it it was just every part of it felt perfect it felt like if you took a match from the 70s and put it in 2019 and mixed the two styles together perfectly yeah and so for me like you said i all this has never really clicked with me um i i liked his all-in match with cody but i did not like their follow-up the two out of three falls i uh I thought that whole show was kind of lackluster, so I was, and that was like a big hyped up NWA show, you know, like that show was under the NWA monarch, like moniker, 
So I was all excited for it, and it was just a fucking letdown. Like, I didn't like any part of that show. Um, and I was worried that this would be the same. It would be, like, under the NWA moniker. But the show itself was really good. We have another match to talk about from it later on. But, um, like, this match, I was, I, w- I had the same sentiment that you did. I was, like, looking, and I'm like, okay, like, I like Marty Scurll a lot, but sometimes his matches aren't always the best. Like, obviously, his stuff with Osprey is amazing. But, like, it doesn't always click with, like, just any, you know, random Joe Schmo. And I'm not always a huge Aldis fan. Uh, so I was very worried. Aldis has a, like, very methodical and boring style, in my opinion. Um, and, like, like all, the, all of his Magnus work, super fucking boring. But uh, this match, the pacing was great. The pacing was fucking so fast the whole time. And everything was, like, high-hitting. Uh, and... I also liked, so Marty doesn't do a ton of the finger snapping anymore, which I like. I think he overdid it. It became like his version of the Dean Ambrose, like, uh, lean into the ropes and then come back with the clothesline. Like, you're just like, all right, I fucking get it. Like, you do this cool spot. But he did the uh, the finger snap when all this goes to put him in uh, his submission, and I lost my mind. I thought that was, like, the perfect time to do it. Like, like it was so cool. And... I thought, like you said, the uh, him getting the manager kicked out was great. It was like the perfect like little heel touch. And then she comes back out when the ref's down, and all this stops her from doing the spear. It's like, no, I want to do this on my own. I thought that was really cool, too, because it like told, tells this great story of all this being like, I am the better man. I'm going to beat this right. guy. Uh, and like we like to see stuff like that. I mean, because it's like, like you said, it's the it's 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 the the reboot of the nwa like the the oldest wrestling company basically in existence that that is still operating and it's like this felt like an old feud you know it's like he just walked out and said i want to wrestle you even though we've been friends for a long time and that's 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 the story who's going to be the better man and that was fucking cool because you see it the whole time it's like marty is just constantly trying to show that he can be just as tough and just as strong as Aldis during the match, and Aldis is like, no, I'm better than you the whole time. And that story is just so, like, predominant. They just, there's such good psychology to this match. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was incredible all the way through. Um, and it's, I mean, it's what, like, it's like 30 minutes long almost. It's and a really long match, and for Aldis, it didn't feel long, which he normally does. Do you want to pop in? CMLL is the longest company still going, and they really never had a break. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then NWA did. I, I was my my only reason for bringing up the NWA age is the uh, is like this feels like a match from, like this like you said this felt like a seventies like story seventies match. But yeah, CMLL is definitely they're they're a hundred years this year, right? Uh, I th- no, that can't be right. Uh, thirty. I think they started in thirty three. Okay, so that's like a hundred years. Um, so, <laughs> um, but uh. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to touch on before we just absolutely fucking bury. No, let's just get into it. Fuck Jim Cornette, dude. I cannot stand him. Uh, I. Uh, it's just like as you're watching, he he. It's like he wants to make everyone realize that like whatever is happening now in this ring is like the most important thing to ever happen in wrestling, and at the same time he acts like NWA is the greatest promotion to ever exist. Which is, like, fine. You want to get your promotion over, fine. But, like, don't act like this, like, slow, like, 
70s and 80s Southern independent style is like what wrestling needs to go back to. And he also makes everything like he he is constantly trying to like make you think that things happened that like are real. And it just makes you think about how fake wrestling is the whole time. Like uh, if you watch that Willie Mack and Cole Cabana match, Willie Mack jumps straight through the ropes by accident. And the first thing Cornette says is, oh, that was not planned. That wasn't in the script. He's, he might have actually injured himself. And it's like, oh, thanks, dude. Thanks for just being like no suspension disbelief. Like now I know for sure this is all fucking fake. Like I know it's fake, but you don't need to tell me it's fake. I could not fucking stand that. Also, his voice is just nails on a fucking chalkboard. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's the same thing with me is that he constantly has to try to make everything feel real. And that, especially, he did it a lot during that scroll, all this match. And you didn't need to make me feel like that match was real. That yeah. match felt real. It was, this, again, going back to it because I legitimately just can't get over how good it was. You didn't need to know any of the story going into that match. That match told a better story than any match I've seen in a while. Like, just in-ring story with you didn't need a lot of talking, you didn't need a lot of things pre-hyping it before, just in-ring story, and that doesn't happen, and you, th I would think that's what Cornette wants. Yeah, just and it's like, and the thing, too, was that, like, they, like, you can, you can feel them knowing each other well without having to see anything they'd ever done before, like, facing each other. I don't think they did. I think that all of this was just, like, you can feel the chemistry during the match, you can feel, like, the desire to be the better man. Like, you can feel all of that. They told us all that through their wrestling. And then you have this stupid old fuck on the mic just, like, telling us stuff we don't need to know. Like, just making it feel like, oh, this is real, this is real. It's like, dude, now now I know it's not. Like, you're, you're, you're doing the exact opposite of what you're trying to. Like, just shut the fuck up and let the wrestlers wrestle something he's never been able to do. Like, there's never been a time where I could sit there and listen to Jim Cornette on commentary, even in, like, that even when I watch like old like eighties matches, I'm like I, I cannot stand listening to him. Like I just his, I hate his voice. I hated him in WCW. I, I, everything he does, I'm just like, dude, you suck. We are all about the hot takes at Spotfest. Jim Cornette, not a cool guy. Hot take. It's not even a hot take. I, <laughs> That's the joke. It's not a hot take yeah, at all. I, I, like say, I challenge you to find anyone under the age of thirty who has appreciation for Jim Cornette. Right, Vince Russo is such a better person. Yes, there we go. Book like Vince Russo. Absolutely. Late era WCW, incredible. More people need to be put on forklifts. I agree with that. And also, I mean, but realistically, remember the other day in our wrestling chat, I sent that crazy shit with that Stormtrooper guy? Yep. And like the, the, the dick, like he's just his, okay, so for those people who don't know what the Stormtrooper is, in the 80s, in the Southern Independent scene, uh, like, not like some like random, like, you know, like, 50 people in a bingo hall like the southern independent wrestling scene in the 80s which was fucking or late 70s early 80s which was massive and every venue is like 2,000 people uh there was a wrestler named the stormtrooper and his gimmick is that he's a nazi soldier uh and like that's it he has a swastika on his mask a swastika on his chest he does the zig hall the zig heil the whole time and people in the crowd do it with him, and it's. I crazy. was when people in the crowd did it with him. I was losing my mind. I was I, like, "Oh, I was like, this has yeah. aged badly." But yeah. even at the time, it wouldn't have been acceptable. But like, it had aged so poorly. Yeah. Oh, horrible. Who was the guy he was wrestling to at the match you said? Because wasn't he like offensive too? Yeah, he was like the Dixie darling or something like there, that. Yeah. 
or the Dixie Destroyer or some stupid shit, and it's like he comes out with a with a Confederate flag mask on, Confederate flag like cape on, and people are like losing their mind for this Southern guy. It's like, dude, this is the type of gimmicks that they were trying out in the in the the heyday of wrestling, according to Jim Cornette. So it's like I'll take my little like flippy bullshit over that any day of the week. Uh, but the shock value humor in that stuff is also amazing. That's a hot take. Um, so I think that's enough. We'll, we'll pro- honestly, we're going to talk about Jim Cornette some more once we go on to the, uh, the later match on that card. But next up, we'll go on to uh, Gail Kim and Tessa Blanchard. Uh, this was at the most recent Impact show, Rebellion, which, uh, I mean, on paper was going to be a really good show. And there's some good stuff, but there's there's some... That show has problems. <laughs> and uh, I I liked this match, but I will say that uh, the first probably like five to ten minutes of this match, there's a, a definitely a feeling of ring rust coming off of Gail Kim. Uh, everything is just a little bit like sloppier than you want it to be. Nothing is really like as crisp as you want. But Tessa Blanchard looks like a million bucks in this match, in my opinion. I hope that, I hope that we see that the same because I thought Tessa Blanchard killed it in this match. She was, like, in charge the whole time, like, dictating everything. She looked like a professional the whole time. Like, when Gail Kim was out here doing stuff and, like, kind of fucking it up, uh, she was the one who, like, seemed like she was, like, I don't know. She just had, she just radiated this energy of, like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I don't care if you're doing sh- shit wrong. I don't care if you don't feel comfortable. Like, I'm here to win this fucking match and show that I'm the fucking best. And I thought that Tessa Blanchard was amazing in that match. Um... Gail Kim, not so much, but I loved it for that. Like I thought it made Tessa Blanchard shine. Uh, anything you want to say about it? Yeah, so the story behind this one was really cool. Um, and I think it kind of branches to what I want to say about this match, too, is the idea is that if you watch Tessa Blanchard, it's really obvious that she is going to be one of the best female wrestlers ever. Um, and I don't feel like that's a hyperbole saying it. Whenever you watch her wrestle, there's just kind of like a step above everyone else. She has that arrogance. She has that charisma. And she can wrestle really well. Um, maybe a hot take here. I think Gail Kim knockout era is one of the best female wrestlers ever. Um, she was uh, unbelievable during that time. I don't think that's a hot take. And here's why. That that was uh you're talking about like probably like 2006 to 2008 era. Yeah, around that era, like it was. I I can't say best ever because it wasn't super super long no, when no, she was it doing it. I would say to an American audience, I would say that it's arguably she was the, she was the best in America, like American syndicated television wrestling. She was probably that that's that's got to be a top five era of all time, and the ratings back that up. Every time Gail Kim was on TV. That was Impact's highest ratings. She was unbelievable. Every story she told was great. Every time she wrestled was great. And I thought this match, the buildup was good. She clearly still has the promo there. I think she was a little rusty, but at the same time, that almost fit into the story because Tessa was basically saying, you're old, you can't do this anymore. So it it fit in. And I think it sounds crazy to say that, but the ring rust part of it almost made the match better. Yeah, I could see where you're coming from on that because like you definitely feel the whole time where you're like, this is cool to see Gail Kim going again, but you're watching someone who just seems like they're a step ahead the whole time, and that was what like really draws you in, and you're like, man, how is Gail Kim gonna bounce back from this? Because Tessa just like 
she's she is at the top of her game clearly and i think that's cool like i loved it i i I thought i think tessa blanchard like you said i think she's got a potential to be one of the best uh women's wrestlers of all time she's great i mean it's definitely you can just see it every time she wrestles like how you talk about with this match she just takes control in most of them it just it's intense like it's you feel like you're watching something special every time she wrestles even watching some of the shows of wrestlemania weekend that weren't super great i mean she had a good match with ricky shane page that wasn't a death match it's, it's just little things like that where you need to if she is someone you're not paying attention to you should probably start paying attention it's it's at that point where she's no longer unproven she's proven she's a good wrestler and has a lot of upside yeah, also that Ricky Shane Page match that you're talking about, we uh, we were both, I mean, that was like an ongoing joke about how bad it was going to be, and then it uh, wasn't horrible. Oh, we kept joking because they kept calling it a dream match, and I was like, whose dream match is this? Yeah, and I then, mean, literally who? Since then, now I love Ricky Shane Page, um, and I love Tessa Blanchard, so clearly that was my dream match if I didn't know it. Yeah, you'll never get me to say that I love Ricky Shane Page. He's great. I can't wait. Uncharted Territory, week six. Eric Ryan, Ricky Shane Page, Deathmatch. I'm so stoked on that. I dropped my toenail clippers in between, I mean, underneath my couch, and I've been trying to get them out for the last two minutes. I respect that. I heard the noise drop. Yeah, I dropped them, and then I was trying to, like, hide it with my talking. But, uh, all right, well, now I got them, so we're good to go. Which is crazy, because I'm not even cutting my nails or anything like that. I just wanted to pick them back up. Um, all right, so now we're going back to the Crockett Cup with, uh, the, I mean, I don't know if I would call it a surprise how good the match was. If you watched uh, Spring Break 2, like, you saw the Rock and Roll Express could still kind of go. But Rock and Roll Express and the Briscoes was a fucking fight. Uh, so go ahead and talk about it, Sylvia. Yeah, so this LAX Rock and Roll Express was amazing at Spring Break 2. So I, when I saw this was the first round match, I was legitimately hyped i think the best thing they did and this was kudos to the nwa again is the match started and before it started they brought out the rock and roll express and did basically a promo in the ring just putting over the briscoes to an insane extent basically saying they're gonna come out and they're gonna hurt you are you guys sure the briscoes come out and they say last chance we're gonna hurt you and that's pretty much what happens in the match there are some spots where rock and roll express look good uh, but the Briscoes basically just beat old men for like, I think it was like a 15-minute match through almost the whole thing. There are some spots where Rock and Roll Express get some stuff in, but for the most part, this is just an absolute Briscoes beatdown. I think we might be divided on them. I love the Briscoes. They're a tag team I've always really enjoyed because I love that fact of in a time of wrestling where you're not sure what's real or fake sometimes, the Briscoes just feel like such... A real team like if they weren't wrestling they would just be fighting people in the streets that's true i i agree with that to an extent and uh it's not that i it's not that i hate the briscoes it's just that for a while they're like obviously they're like ring of honor legends right. but it's it's like they got to the point where it's like you're watching their matches and you're just like yo i just do not fucking care about this anymore like i think that was roh's fault more than their own to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But when it was like Briscoe's with like Bully Ray as like a trios team, I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, and then, uh, I mean, part of their gimmick is just that like, uh, I, I always mix up, mix them up. But which one was the Ring of Honor champion? 
Jay. That was Jay. Yeah, Jay is like a good wrestler, and Mark is not. Um, so that's annoying too, because it's like you know that you could be seeing better singles matches with Jay being this dick who knows what he's doing, as opposed to Jay being a dick who knows what he's doing, and then his idiot brother. Um, ah, I can see that. I like Mark because Mark just does a lot of crazy spots. Like he yeah. is someone who just does these ridiculous dives, and then you get that good wrestling from Jay, and I think they fit. But I can see where you're coming from on yeah. that. It's not that I don't. Obviously, I think that formula works. It's just that I think that sometimes that formula doesn't work now with like where they are at this point in their career. So it's like it's it's kind of like like I love the Hardy Boys, but I fucking hate watching the Hardy Boys now. You know, like I think this was the perfect way to present them. This is the best way they've been presented in years. Basically, it came out and NWA was like, hey, these guys are killers and they're going to kill these old men who are legends. And they came out and just did that. Uh, they yeah. cut one of them open like within the first two seconds of the match and just completely beat the shit out of them for the entire time. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to say is that like putting all that aside, this match was awesome. Uh, they, I mean, because of the fact that the Briscoes can still go pretty decently, I mean, I don't think they can go that great anymore. But they still can at least pull off basic wrestling moves. Uh, so like, you see, like, Rock and Roll Express do fucking Hurricane Ranas and shit like that, and the Briscoe sell, like, a fucking million bucks. Um, and they sell, like, they did such a great job of selling the small things that the Rock and Roll Express did to make the Rock and Roll Express look like they could still have a chance. And then they were like, just kidding, we're going to beat the shit out of these old men. And they just beat them down so cool. And, like, I, I do love this new, like, I love this new tough and, like, just super gritty and raw, like, thing that they are doing now and i know they've been doing this for probably like a year or so in ring of honor but i mean i i was not following ring of honor i didn't care i still don't really care to watch ring of honor tv but like uh seeing the stuff that's been going on on twitter with uh like god and the briscoes like th- that promo stuff amazing both and, of them and back and forth that's been incredible yeah like that's the and like also like briscoes like shitting on like enzo and Cass. like that stuff is cool so like the briscoes are definitely like making a big comeback for me it's just that for the period of time when i followed roh pretty like intently a couple years back i was just super bored with them um but i think that the stuff they're doing right now is clicking for sure and i think that they have like i think their match with with god could be the match that kind of puts god back on the right track as a tag team i hope Uh, so because their matches have obviously dragged a little bit and i I think that's going to change once they have a match with the briscoes like, for real, and I think they're doing it at War of the Worlds, but I would hope that they will end up doing it twice. Like, I want to see them do it at War of the Worlds and then see them do it again in Dominion because, I mean, there's no one else on the New Japan roster that's a heavyweight tag team that I want to see unless they brought back uh, Killer Elite Squad. Like, otherwise, like, I mean, I know people talk about, like, Shane Thorne going there and them doing TMDK, but, like, Mikey Nichols sucks. Like I, He's I been pretty bad there. I mean, it should be kind of glowing. We don't have a single New Japan match on this list, which I guess, spoiler, uh, they just haven't been doing too much for me in general. I think there's been a couple matches here or there. We talked about, and I actually thought you were going to put this on your list, of Juice versus um, Fale. Oh. That match was good. Um, Chase and Juice recently was pretty good, but there hasn't really, like, even... 
Um, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Bushi was good, but it wasn't even the best matches they've done. They're kind of in a holding pattern, and I think it's about to pick back up. Uh, but that is, it's kind of shocking to me that I'm sitting here and going, this Crockett Cup show, I think everyone should watch from start to finish. I could have done all five of my matches from that show. I enjoyed that almost from start to finish. Even the opening Battle Royal was fun. So yeah. I really, that show, for the presentation of it, I'm now reinvested in the NWA. The 70th anniversary kind of killed them for me. I decided to give them another chance for this Crockett Cup, and I don't regret it at all. Even that tag team I didn't know whose names I can't think of, so fit. they did a great job, apparently. Uh, they were great. Like, they... it didn't matter if I knew people or didn't know people. It was just a good all-around show. Uh, I will say that in our defense for not having any of the New Japan matches on here, it's like the New Japan matches that you need to see, you're going to see. Like, I mean, obviously I, we could have put Obushi and ZSJ on here and talked about it, but it's like you've probably heard about it a million times by now. Um, and realistically, there wasn't like a ton of other things that, I mean, Japan, they're doing like a, like a, they're doing like 19 shows right now, and most of them just kind of have the same rinse, wash, repeat cards. It's like the same opening matches. There'll be like maybe a tag match that leads to a singles match the next day, but like other than that, like you're not really getting anything so crazy that like, I mean, you're none, no show off of this this like little run right now is going to be on anyone's match of the year list. Like no match that comes. Would you agree with that? I would, yeah, and of course now the dogs are going to all start barking. Um, but I will say, back to the Juice and Folly match that we were talking about throwing on, uh, that I talked about putting on, just to touch on it real quick, I do think people should watch the Juice and Folly match, but if you want to talk about an NWA match, that was an NWA match. Yeah. If you take that Juice and Folly match and put it on this card, I mean, there is nothing that would drive home this is the NWA more than that Juice and Folly match. That Juice that was, and Chase match from that same tour would be the same way. It's kind of, I love Chase Owens, and I think it's because he just wrestles a style that isn't, doesn't fit in New Japan, and I think that's why it works. And I think, he's different. With, I think the same with Juice. I think, I yeah. think Juice has the charisma of someone, Juice literally has, he's Dusty Rhodes with dreads. Like, that's that's how Juice is like feel like he's just he's Which happy. Which makes sense. I mean, that's who he like really. He even credits that to yeah. who like made him who he is. Exactly. So like seeing Juice do that that gimmick and like his his energy and stuff. Like I would have loved to see Juice and Chase do. I mean anything on the Crockett Cup, especially since New Japan sent guys over and Ring of Honor was using uh, obviously has guys in it. Also, shout out to NWA for using the cool Ring of Honor logo, not the shit one they have now. But um, they had to go retro, even with the ROH logo. Also, I looked it up. It's Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer. They were yeah. great. They like I had never heard of either of them. And by the end of that show, and I mean they had a good amount of matches throughout it. I was relatively invested in them. They were a fun tag team. But I wish we could have gotten like I mean. I wish we could have gotten Juice and someone else from Lifeblood. I, don't, I think is, is Tracy Williams is hurt right now, right? I don't know, but also Tom Latmere. Do you know who that is? No. It's Bram from TNA. I legitimately did not know that till right now. You say Bram? Bram from TNA. Yes, like I the Bram. Oh, he was the one who basically. The funny part about him was 
TNA kept tweeting forever that they re-signed him. Like they, it was became this joke because they just kept doing it over and over and over again. He was also in uh, WWE uh, development for a while. I think he was originally in the Ascension, if I remember correctly. But I mean, I'm to- I'm totally getting out of here on this. But that just I'm looked up on Cage Match as we're talking, and I can't believe I thought Bram is a good wrestler, but he is. There we go. But yeah, uh, I I would have loved for the Crockett Cup to have. Like Juice and I mean, what is? Uh, I was Haskins is in Lifeblood, right? Yes. Give, so give me Juice and Haskins, and give me Robbie Eagles and Chase Owens in the Crockett Cup. Uh, Thinking that a little too New Japan heavy, but I'd also watch it. Well, I'm just saying, wouldn't you rather have? I mean, okay, given who New Japan sent over, don't you think that would have been a better match? I agree. I mean, that match wasn't bad. It, it It's kind of like a nostalgia thing, and it helped that tag team not have to do as much. They kind of got a shorter first-round match, which the first round tended to be a little shorter. Uh, the other, like, I feel like I could sit here and just talk about the Crockett Cup. Like, I, I don't want to do that, but it was amazing. Well, yeah, the only reason I'm, I'm bringing up that is because you have... In that, in the Crockett Cup, I mean, if, if you had the match I just said, you have two guys who wrestle like Southern independent wrestlers and then two guys who wrestle very modern. So it would have made sense. But, you know, that's fantasy booking. We'll do, we'll do that another time. Um, now let's talk about some cool shit, unless you had more stuff you want to talk about on that. No, I'm good. I feel like we ranted about that long enough. Yeah. Okay, so next match, the match that everyone needs to fucking watch. Uh, is Schlack and Mance Warner from GCW Crime Wave. Um, my thoughts on Crime Wave is that it was one of the worst GCW shows I've watched. Um, they were It was full of stinkers. They had a bunch of stuff that just, just did not land with me at all. But you give me Schlack, you give me Mance Warner, it's landing. It doesn't fucking matter. And that was the case. Uh, the, we, we talked about this last episode, I believe, the, 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 the tongue spot with ricky shane page and and uh mance warner and they were they did that so many times they like schlack staples mance's tongue to both turnbuckles and then does the suplex with his tongue fucking stapled to the the turnbuckle it's one of the grossest things you'll ever watch um and mance just fucking pours blood the whole time both dudes just seem like they want to fucking kill each other uh and i don't know there's just there's something about mance warner that i like I don't even know how to describe his energy, but he just has such, like, a, a cool energy. And, like, Schlack has this, like, I'm going to kill you. And Mance is just like, I'm going to like you trying to kill me. Like, it, I don't know. There's just – it. they they click. Mance clicks with everybody. I think Mance Warner is quickly becoming, like, one of the best wrestlers in the independent scene. Uh, definitely climbing the ranks one of the best deathmatch wrestlers, in my opinion. Uh, and this match was just – from like start to finish was just so fucking good to me. I loved every second of it. I can't wait to see the next lo- like next couple matches with Mance in GCW. Like he he was amazing. Mance Mance for me is this week's Takeda. I just cannot talk about how much I love Mance Warner right now. I was sold on him after that cage of death with him and Ricky Shane Page because I mean we brought it up earlier. I was I used to not be sold on Ricky Shane Page and that match blew me away. So for me. Mance Warner just popped up on my radar after that, and I've watched him more and more, and I just like him. He just seems like a guy who's always just happy to be there. He's always doing kind of dumb stuff, and he's just out there, and it's rare that you watch a match of his, and you're like, oh, that sucked. 
Like it's it's normally a pretty good match when you see his name attached. Yeah, um, and the the thing is, like, I feel like there's a like you can make a you can draw a lot of similarities between his actual in ring with him and Nick Gage, um, where they both show that they are like loosely trained at wrestling, um, but they prefer using weapons. Yeah. Um, and I really like that about Mance. It's like you can just tell that Mance just likes the violence, but the way he shows it is just so cool. The only thing I have negative to say about Mance is that I don't understand. You know the thing he does where he like puts his two fingers out, and then he does like the the like his like mouth is opened, and then his eyes like you know like like the picture they use for when Mance Warner's gonna be in a match. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I don't know what that is either. He's a like, weird dude. Like he seems like someone who is. I mean, to do death matches for the most part, I feel like you got to be kind of a weird guy. But he yeah. feels like an even weirder guy than that. Yeah, Mance does this look that's like a cat that's about to yawn, but like is pausing right before it. Uh, like, I don't know. It's just super strange. He's obsessed with it. He does it like every time you see a picture of Mance Warner online, he's doing that face, and I'm like, bro, what are you doing? But like. He does he does MLW a lot and he lands on that. It's like everything he's doing right now, he's connecting with, but he's so good at in these death matches. Like his death match with Nick Gage uh, for AIW was awesome, which has me really excited for them to do it again for the I guess they're saying for the belt, but you know, maybe Janela takes the belt off Gage. I don't know. But yeah. I truly believe that you could see Mance Warner become GCW champion this weekend. Uh and kind of as like the last fuck you to CZW because it's like that'd be super funny honestly well yeah because because during that GCW show they brought in Claxton who's been a CZW guy for a while but Mance Warner definitely like as far as death matches CZW he like they put him on they put him his name on the map in a time when CZW is not doing that you know like that cage of death everyone's like I'm gonna fucking watch this guy and same with tournament of death last year like, he was, like, a shining star from it. Um, so, because of that, I felt like, I feel like him winning would be incredible. I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. But I think him winning the GCW belt after just dropping the CCW belt, I think, would be amazing. He's not CCW champion anymore, is he? He's not. No, John Silver is. Right. Okay, yeah. So, it would be amazing to see him kind of get his name, like, shot to the moon with... CCW, and then he leaves and becomes the the rival champion. I'm gonna be honest. I think MLW made him not CCW. I think CCW tried to capitalize on. I don't watch a lot of MLW, but MLW's had him pretty high up. If anything, I like. Cause I don't know. I feel like CCW is not really creating stars anymore. I would agree with that. But here's the thing. It's like so when when we like when was the last time that you like actively were watching CCW? probably stopped around the end of 2017 right it's been a while i like i'll still watch tournament of death and cage of deaths but outside of that um i've been trying to watch more when casanova's wrestling for them just because i like him i like seeing him wrestle but outside of that yeah man it's i'm not as close yeah exactly so i'm the same way so the only times i'm tuning in to watch is cage of death and tournament of death and cage of death i don't even watch the whole show i just watch the main event so uh, but I watched Tournament of Death last year, and before Tournament of Death last year, I had seen – I had gone to a couple MLW shows. I was regularly looking at MLW because they were running in Orlando, and he wasn't on any of those cards. You know, he wasn't wrestling for MLW yet. Uh-huh. Um, 
then he was on the Tournament of Death. And I don't think he even started working MLW until right around Cage of Death. Um, so I feel like ML, like like CZW definitely got his name out there to at least a good part of like the Northeast, and MLW probably took it further because MLW only started doing like their touring like heavily about September of last year. Maybe that's August fair. Yeah, they really they started running Chicago a lot, and I know he's from the Midwest, and I think that's when they started pulling him in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the stuff he does is great. So I uh, I'm excited to see how big he goes. I mean. It, it's definitely crazy because MLW is a company with like such like their production is so good. Like it's so professional. You can, you can just it like when you go there, you can feel like this company wants to be the next big thing. And then you have this just straight up like redneck. Who's like an average wrestler, but with like a ton of charisma, like, and like the crazy aura as like a growing, like, face of the company it's just really funny to me because you see like i mean if you're gonna build a wrestling promotion that feels super 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 professional you you would not pick a guy who looks like man's warner usually but he he works i mean he's amazing there he does great there and that's rare just because mlw seems to be that company that good wrestlers go to have mediocre matches I like for the most that. part 100%. nothing Nothing is really like I watch it because it's on like Fusion's on YouTube and I'll watch shows. They did um what was it? Oh God, I know it was Lariato Kid and the versus the Lucha Brothers. I forget who his tag team partner was, but like they'll do cool, unique matches like that. Um, it's all watch like from time to time, but it is just, whew, I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, it's really hard to get me to watch their stuff. Well, here's the thing too. So so like I said, I used to go to a, like their shows a decent amount, and it's when their shows were two or three hour long shows that were going to go on YouTube, it was fucking awesome. Like, it was so good. I saw Matt Riddle and Shane Strickland have one of the best matches that I've ever seen. And, like, I saw Riddle and Jeff Cobb have a good match there. I saw Darby Allen and Callahan have a great match. So I saw all these awesome matches, and then they switched it over to TV, and it's like, it, it suffered because of it. Like, um, the matches just feel like... I don't know. It's like, I don't want to, like, I guess the best way of putting it, and, and Ring of Honor has the same issue. Their television feels so inspired by WWE television, and it just sucks. Like, MLW is like, I mean, they're making their uh, their stories more consistent, which I like, but at the same time, it's like, you are bringing in guys who I like because they're good wrestlers. You know, like, most of like, I don't like, that's what's going to pull me in on like guys who are like not on WWE or not on weekly television shows is their actual ability will pull me in and then I'll go from there. And it's like they seem that they stopped showcasing that as much to showcase the storytelling better. And it's like that's just not what I'm looking for from that promotion. And it's made the promotion go downhill for me. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Like we're talking about the Crockett Cup is you can tell a story in the ring. You absolutely can and not have to. And a great example, too, Uncharted Territory has been doing a great job at it. Um, I promise we are not sponsored by Beyond in any way. Um, it's going to sound... Just wait. Not, yeah. If they ever... <laughs> Drew, if you're listening, I'll take money immediately. But um, they just do such a great job of putting on fun matches that don't have a huge... Like, they do a couple angles here or there, but they don't make me sit around for 20 minutes to go to some match that lasts 10 minutes. Like, they really 
respect my time. That's why I love Uncharted Territory up until now. And I mean, we're only four, we're a month in. It could all go to shit. Who knows? But it really does a great job of kind of just respecting your time as a fan and realizing that other companies have tried to give me a story and for the most part fail. Give me really good wrestling. I want a good match where there's story in the ring. I don't need these promos. I don't need these vignettes. A lot of the times they come off as cheesy and not good. Just give me good wrestling. If you only have an hour or two, nail the wrestling. Yeah, and that's the thing about Beyond. Beyond's matches are majority of the show, and MLW is not that way anymore. And it used to be, and it's like Beyond does a good job of like using guys when they're there. So it's like, we don't need the story of like a six-month build for something because like we have the guys here now, have the fucking good match. Whereas MLW runs the issue of like, not always having the most set-in-stone roster, but still trying to tell stories with guys who they aren't sure if they're going to make their next round of tapings. Exactly. And, and that takes me away a lot. But Which is hard, and that sucks for MLW. I mean, we're definitely kind of burying MLW a good amount, but in their defense, think of those matches you named. Almost all of those people are signed to some company now. They've really lost a lot of their talent. ROH had the same issue happen, and neither company has really been able to rebuild. But... Going back to that, that's also completely their fault because GCW has been able to build themselves into, I think, arguably the biggest indie. I agree, and MLW also has been kind of shooting themselves in the foot with like some of the contract stuff coming out, sounding like they're kind of maybe like shady and controlling behind closed doors. Yeah, uh, and like maybe not always super like wrestler friendly, and I think that has added to that as well. So the next match on the list is. Um, well, the next two are both yours. So I'm yes. Let you, you want to touch on that Lucha match, match first and end with uh, Kylie Ray and Orange Cassidy? Yeah, so the Lucha, mas- uh, Lucha match that I brought up, this mostly, I put this match on this list because I wanted you to watch it. And the best part is when we were talking earlier, um, you didn't catch what happened in it. And to me, that almost made this match even better in my eyes. Uh, so this match was from, I believe it was the April 19th Friday CMLL show. It was Kowado-san versus Ray Komeda. And uh, Komeda recently just got a whole new gimmick. He came out looking super cool, kind of like, I don't know, like a buccaneer or some shit. And um, it looked really cool. It was the first time I had seen it because I've been in and out on CMLL lately. There's just been a good amount of wrestling to watch. He comes out to the ring, and I'm like, okay, this might be okay. It's a 10-minute uh, lightning match, which means which is rare for CMLL. Uh, you don't get them all of the time, and when you do them, it's normally kind of special because they do a lot of trios. So it is, and they do a lot of th- two out of three falls. So this match starts off, everything seems like it's fine. Um, about a minute in, Quado kind of fucks up catching Cometa, and from there, it just spirals into Cometa just being pissed off at him. Um, and it just keeps going throughout the whole match, and the match does not end, does not last very long. Uh, at one point, he just slaps him straight across the face, pretty much as hard as I've ever seen someone slap someone in a wrestling match. Um, he just he goes to pin him for a two count, and he kicks out, and then he just pauses for a second, and then just absolutely slaps the shit out of him. Um, it's something that's kind of funny. Kawato is a New Japan uh, young lion, and he has just been pitiful in CMLL, which sucks because he was good as a young lion. But yeah, so I think that's 
mostly what I wanted to go over with it, but did you rewatch it after I kind of told you what to look for? I did, and there's one thing that I wanted to talk about from that that you didn't talk about, uh, which is uh, it, it, Cometa. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think. Okay. I don't know. I'm not Spanish. Well, whatever. He uh, is obviously frustrated with Kawada, and this is right before he does that slap after the two, like after the two count. He goes to do a springboard of some sort. I don't know what he was going for because he hits the ropes and looks back and sees that Kawada is just standing in the middle of the ring staring at him. So he hits the ropes and does like a flip real quick and lands on his feet and he looks fucking furious. Uh, and he looks at the ref and you can see him say something to the ref. They go to do the pin and he immediately uh, gets the two count and then slaps the shit out of Kawada and is like, get up. Gets him up. They're standing there staring at each other. He picks him on his shoulders, throws him down, does his finisher off the top rope, and that's it. Gets out of there. He, he, you could tell how pissed he is the whole time, but that fucking flip, and he, like you could see the look on his face, like, you little bitch, why the fuck weren't you there? It was so funny. It's some of the stuff that I love. Like, Lucha shows in general, you truly never know what you're going to get. Um, you can get either these really fun matches or matches like this. That, like, I watched this with Audrey, and I was hysterically laughing. Like, absolutely hysterically laughing. Like, it was amazing how mad he got. The match only ended up going, like, four minutes. You can tell it ended super, super early. And it was just... It was great. Um, I'm bummed you didn't catch it at first. I think maybe you just weren't paying attention. And you were like, wow, this match is already over. You send me this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Something else that's funny about it is that we talked last week about people wanting to see more shoot stuff. And how uh, in Mexico, if you want to, if you want to see shoot fighting, watch lucha. This week we have a shoot like incident, like right away. I mean, I wasn't I just, sure if that was on the podcast or if we talked about that later, so that's why I didn't mention it. But yeah, I remember us talking about that, which makes it funnier because literally we recorded that podcast on that Tuesday, and that show happened that Friday. Yeah, exactly. So it's like again for for people who want to see real fights and shoot fights. That's what you got to watch. But um, let's move on to our main event, which was uh, Smiley Kylie Ray and Orange Cassidy for the Independent Wrestling Television Championship on, that was episode three, correct? Yeah, episode three, the main event. Episode three of Uncharted Territory. So you can go ahead and talk about this one, too. Yeah, so one thing got brought up during the announcing for this that legitimately blew my mind is that that was Kylie. Kylie Ray's only been wrestling for three years, apparently, and that shit blows my mind. Like yes. three years only is like super, super crazy. Um, and this match is a great example of it. Like we know, Orange Cassidy's been wrestling for a really long time at this point. I mean, under not gonna unmask the man, but he was under a mask for a while, and um, <laughs> he is just super great. This every time I watch him wrestle, I want to watch him wrestle more. I can't get enough of the current gimmick that he has going. And these two work together. It was unbelievably fun to watch. And not even just from like a comedy standpoint. Like the wrestling got good, but the my favorite moment of the match is when he gives the sunglasses to her and she's just so super happy and then he just kicks her in the stomach. It oh, was like yeah. the perfect moment that was just like, oh, okay, now we're going to start the match for real. Yeah, that, and that's the thing too. Like, Orange Cassidy has gotten to, like, he has the perfect amount of comedy in his matches. Like, uh, coming out with the belt in the backpack and then 
takes the mic and looks at her and just goes, you wanna? Like, that shit was so funny to me. Like, just shitting on everyone doing these, like, long promos. Like, you wanna have a championship match? He's just, you wanna? And she goes, yeah. And they have a, and they, now it's for the belt. Um, I thought, but yeah, I thought that it was awesome. They have such good chemistry. And they actually go at each other, too. Um, I was kind of surprised there wasn't a longer stretch of Cassidy doing the hands in the pockets thing. Because uh, he's been doing that in, like, every match. So it's, like, a pleasant surprise. But I think that, like you said, with Orange Cassidy, I want to see him do so much that, like, I want him to do that spot every time right now because I love it. And, like, he just does so much shit that is, like, funny but good wrestling. Like, he, I think that he's got to be one of the people who, like, combines the two the best that I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, he makes comedy. Like, I feel like it's hard to watch his matches and think, oh, he's just a comedy wrestler. Like, it's very obvious he isn't. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, obviously there's guys who are just straight-up comedy wrestlers, like Kikutaro and, like, Yano, and, I mean, even... and But then, like, you get... Like, he kind of falls into that, like, Colt Cabana uh, territory for me, where it's like, Colt Cabana, you know, can go. Maybe not as much anymore. His Bully Mac match was okay, but, like... Uh, Cole Cabana can, you know, he can go, but he's also funny. And I think that's where Orange Cassidy's starting to, like, fall into is, like, hey, I'm, like, a good wrestler, but, like, I want to keep this entertaining for people of all ages throughout. And that's why I really like him. I, I mean, I think that he, if he's not the biggest, I mean, okay, he's probably not the biggest star in the independents right now, but he's on his way to becoming one of the biggest independent wrestlers right now. I would argue from the signings, if you want to go, like, get real technical, because, like, AEW is signing with the company, I would think... He's one of the biggest. He is sounds crazy to say this, but he's like a gauge level to me. Like they're up near the top echelon of like when you see them on a show, it's like okay, I'll watch that show now. Yeah, it's like him, Gage, and David Starr. I'd say are probably like the biggest ones out there right now that aren't like committed to any major promotion. Yeah. Um. So I I love him. I I think he's great. Uh, and I mean, like it, this was. I think Beyond does a good job in their, in most of their intergender matches where they kind of, like, remove that feel. You know, like, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a guy and a girl wrestle. It feels like I'm watching two wrestlers. Yeah. And uh, I thought that the chemistry these two had was amazing, and it was, it was just two good wrestlers with good comedy but not overdone. Like, I, I thought it was a great match. I, I mean, that if, if you get matches like that, like, if you took that match and put it on a WWE card – on a WWE weekly show at that, I mean, people would talk about it for weeks because it was so good. Um, and that's just like what you expect on uncharted territory. Now. I mean, it was a good match even on uncharted territory, but uncharted territory is just giving us so many good matches each week that it's like absurd to think that this is a weekly televised show. This isn't even their big shows. Technically. We're throwing that out like this, like literally in 20 minutes when it's about to start is a really good card from them again. And it's like they just keep doing it and it's crazy. Yeah. So if you listen to this and you're one of our friends, uh, which, I, you know, you should already be watching Beyond, but do us a favor. Watch Beyond. Like you can get Uncharted Territory for free on independent television. Uh, message us if you want us to like help you figure it out. Just like everyone needs to listen to this. Like we will, we could post about Beyond all day long. And I did not follow Beyond at all before Uncharted Territory. I would watch American Rana, and that was it. Like I did not care to watch anything else. I watched a couple of their, uh, 
like big YouTube shows and everything, but like I was not a not a Beyond guy, and it's like Uncharted territory has me sold. I think it's one of the coolest concepts out there, and I think that they're executing it perfectly. Yeah, it's just I mean I have up their card tonight, which is literally Best Friends versus LAX is the main event, and then Slither, which is Janella and Chris Dickinson versus the Beaver Boys. Uh, Penelope Ford and Veda Scott versus Solo Darling and Ashley Vox. I don't know Ashley Vox, to be honest. Anthony Green versus Stevie Richards. And then it just has Chris Stratlander will be in action. And then next week is the week to watch to me, which is, I believe that's going to be May 8th. Uh, it has Ricky Champage versus Eric Ryan in a death match, but it also has Orange Cassidy versus Jordan Grace, which I, I think agree. will be a really fun match. Jordan Grace, if you ever hear this, I love you. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much all we had to talk about this week. Um, for, as far as wrestling goes, uh, next week we will be going to, well, this weekend rather, we're going to fest wrestling together. So maybe see a fest wrestling match on here next week. Um, anything else you want to talk about wrestling wise? No, I think it's it. Yeah. Like he said, we're going to go to fest wrestling. I'm sure I'm at least going to bring up one of those matches. I like fest wrestling a lot. Um, they, Really kind of catapulted a couple people. Obviously, I love Effie. Um, Saeed is another person. Serpentico is great. Um, Jim Nasty Boys have been popping up everywhere. I really enjoy them. And um, Ugly, the Ugly Ducklings. Well. That's the other team that has been popping up in a bunch of places. I think they're a little underrated. Like, their shows are pretty fun. And they've, I mean, for us, Casanova Valentine's on this show. So, if you tell me that, I'm, I'm probably going to go. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Casanova fan, and I also just think that in general, like, uh, Fest does a – being that they use a lot of, like, Florida locals, uh, or, I mean, they, they use a lot of the same guys each time. I think they do a really good job of making an entertaining card uh, with guys who people really don't know outside of, like, the Fest fans. So uh, definitely a promotion to check out. I know they're on high spots. I don't know if, there, if there's any other way to watch, but uh, if, uh, if, we, if we end up – Using one of those, we'll make sure that we tell you where to find it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for the wrestling part. So uh, if you're not vegan, turn it off. Unless, you know. But if you want to hear some vegan shit, stick around. All right. So today's vegan segment, we are going to first talk about uh, – we tried some of the stuff we talked about last week with uh, the fast food being uh, – adding vegan options. We, we both – Try. I mean, I, I had Del Taco earlier today, and Silvio had Blaze last week. And then we're going to do a ranking of our top 10 vegan sausages by brand and flavor. Uh, but first, Silvio, you want to talk about Blaze, or you want me to start with Del Taco? I can start with Blaze. Um, sure. So I already enjoyed Blaze a good amount. It was pretty good. Um, it's, it's pretty cheap. You get a decent-sized pizza for not too much, and you get to – I love being a glutton and just overloading toppings. So them adding something like the chorizo is just kind of a nice touch. Basically, you go in and you get what feels more like a full meal, if that sounds about right. And yeah. it is – it's super tasty, and it's – yeah, um, I would love to say more about it, but it's just really good. And you have no reason not to try it if there's a blaze near you. It's – it's pretty good. And I mean, I'm from the Northeast, so I'm pretty picky about pizza, but it's it's pretty good pizza for the price. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Blaze already had Daya, so it's like you could already go there and get a vegan pizza with like cheese and not eat, you know, like a tomato pie and feel like a fucking idiot. But uh, I mean, I love tomato pies, but like, I don't know. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. when people throw out the idea of a pizza without cheese on it. It's 
kind of trash unless it's a place that like specializes in tomato pies, which is a common thing in the Northeast, but down here in Florida, like no one does it. Yeah, God, people, dude, no one can do a good tomato pie down here. It's insane. No, not it's it's honestly like kind of funny how bad people are at making pizza down here. It's um, hilarious, which is why, like, when you take a place like Blaze, like, is it the best pizza you're ever going to eat? No. Is it all over the place, cheap and quick? Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. where it went. And is it owned by LeBron James? Hell yeah. So, shout out to LeBron James. LeBron uh, James, if you're listening, you are the GOAT. You're better than Michael Jordan. Not even close. He's better than Jordan. It, it's like, I don't understand how people, people argue that. LeBron James is the best all-around player, and people definitely like playing alongside LeBron way more than, than they liked playing alongside Jordan, uh, aside from probably all of the Lakers right now. But, you know, <laughs> people fair. are people are going to look at the LeBron-Lakers days, despite it being like a mega contract, as the Michael Jordan-Wizards days. No one's going to fucking remember them. Pretty um, much. But, uh, so, I went to Del Taco earlier. They uh, They just came out with Beyond Meat. Uh, for their tacos. They have two. They have one that's already vegan, which is the Beyond uh, Avocado Taco, and then they also just do a regular Del Taco, which is just lettuce, tomato, and cheese on top of the uh, the Beyond, but it's real cheese, so obviously, fuck that. Just get the one with avocado, because it's the same price, and avocado rules. Um, I will say that the pizza, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, the pizza, the taco itself is a little small for the price. It's like, I think it's two... 30 or 250 for one which is like you know annoying but i was able to put down uh four of them and with fries it's it's pretty filling and that's the nice thing too is that they have fries taco bell got rid of their fries again so oh, they're gone again i didn't even know that yeah i went the other day and the lady seemed so pissed at me for not knowing that they weren't there and i'm like how am i supposed to know like it's not like they like are texting me saying hey we're gonna do fries one more time today you know so I don't know, but Taco Bell obviously still a good option because Del Taco only really exists on the West Coast, and then there's two spots in Orlando. So like, chances are you're probably not gonna be listening and also near Del Taco because I don't think we have a single West Coast listener yet. <laughs> um, I could look that up, but I'm pretty sure the answer is this: we do have a Orlando. We have a lot of those. So I mean, I feel like if you're one of our friends listening, because that's the only people listening. Um, if you're one of our friends listening, Del Taco's near you. Hit it up. Yeah. There's one by UCF and there's one by iDrive, uh, Fun Spot USA. So, uh, also over by the Orlando Gym, which is Junior Columbian Burger. Um, oh Jesus, Junior Columbian Burger! How I miss you. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that when I move up north. Um, but uh, that'll probably be what I miss the most about Florida, honestly. Before we move on, I do want to mention one thing. We have a lot of people from Alabama that listen. I don't know anyone who lives in Alabama. So if you could tell me who you are, I'm just genuinely curious. Thank oh, you. I got a point. I got you're a point not our out, friend. Actually. No, there was a kid who used to be in our group chat. Uh, I believe his name is Jay. Um, and Or he goes by Jay. Because we follow each other on Twitter. And I forgot he was in the wrestling chat before. Um but he's from Alabama. He favored one of my tweets the other day, and it made me remember. So I'm going to guess that if, if there is someone from Alabama who listens, it's probably him. We have three different cities listed in Alabama. Wow. That's the thing. It's not just one person. So, again, if you're someone who is listening, I think it's one person from each city is what it looks like. But if you listen to this from Alabama, I'm just genuinely curious. Hit yeah, us up. Yeah, and also thank you. Yeah, thank you. But Thank you, Alabama awesome. listeners. I'm glad to see that my uh, past internet fame has carried over to being able to get this podcast to reach a couple states. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so that's the only reports we have so far on like the uh, the fast food. I mean, we can talk about ones we've we've had before. Like I've had the White Castle sliders, and uh, if you if you the Impossible White Castle sliders are amazing, and so are the veggie sliders. So, like people don't talk about those that they they've always had. Uh, you know, Doctor Prager's burgers. You've probably right. seen them in your in your frozen. I've section. gotten them before. They go bogo at Publix sometimes, so when that happens, I'll pick them up. It's food. Oh god, I'm gonna miss Publix bogos too. Um, man, I'm I'm getting real sentimental about Florida right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm moving back to Pennsylvania, uh, sometime in the next month. Uh, but you know, me and uh, my two cats, my fiance, both our ferrets, we're heading up north, going home. But uh, anyway, yeah, the Dr. Prager's ones are just as good, if not better, than the Impossible Sliders. Uh, but either way, uh, you should go and go to White Castle and get them if you're in the area. I know White Castle is kind of stretched few and far between. They have them in the Northeast, which is where I, I know a good amount of our listeners are, in Jersey and New York and Pennsylvania. And then they also have them in uh, – there's a casino in Las Vegas that has them, and you can eat White Castle sliders while you gamble, which is fucking dope. Unbelievable. All right, let's rank our sausages. So I'm going to go ahead and do mine from number 10 to number 1. Okay. And then you can do yours after, or we can each uh, do number 10 and then argue about it. Uh, It's up to you. Let's do it this way. Um, uh, We really should have talked about this ahead of time, huh? Yeah. Let's see. Um, I think the best way to do it, I don't have a list of 10. So let's just do your list, and I'm just going to argue. Sure, works for me. So I have, starting at number 10, the Field Roast Little Breakfast Sausages. Uh, I think they are delicious. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I just I want more, and they're not as filling as they should be, in my opinion. The flavor is great, um, but they're just kind of annoying to cook. Annoyingly not filling. I feel like I need to eat probably two full packs of them to get full. Not that you should be eating a breakfast sausage as your only meal. Like, like the only thing in your meal. But like, I don't, I don't know, man. I got to make a lot of other food to go with these breakfast sausages. Yeah, they're too small. I think 10 is a fair place to put them. Just because they're not bad. It's just whenever I buy them, I just wish I ate something else instead. Yeah, it's like... Like, okay, so, like, back when I wasn't vegan, I would go to, like, a diner or something like that, and I would get pancakes and sausage. And it's like, wow, they only gave me three sausage links. This sucks. I can make, like, eight at home. But when I'm making eight at home with those, that's, like, the whole pack. And Yeah, I need a lot more if I'm going to do that. Exactly, yeah. So I want to see them go up to, like, like a Jimmy Dean, like, 16 to 20 pack of sausages because otherwise I'm going to eat them all in one sitting. And what's the point in me doing that when I could just buy – uh, something I have much higher on my list that I think is very comparable, but yeah. we'll get we'll get to that. Number nine, underrated, uh, in my opinion, underutilized, under talked about is the Trader Joe's chorizo, um, or I'm sorry, soyrizo, not chorizo, soyrizo. Uh, the thing is that when you break when you really get down to it, it's pretty much just chorizo flavored TVP, um, but it's so cheap, you get so much of it. And it's so versatile. Like, you can throw it in anything. If you use this and you put it in mac and cheese, you have, like, a spicy version of Hamburger Helper. And it's so fucking good. I love this stuff. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's hard to rank as a sausage because it just breaks apart. So it's really, like, not 
a sausage almost. I would agree with that. Uh, but if you want something comparable, I know, I believe it's Field Roast makes the Mexican Chipotle, and those are good. I enjoy those. That's a comparable one that kind of holds up. I agree that those are comparable, but I'm not huge on them. Like, I think the flavor's fine, but I like the flavor better in the crumbled form of the Trader Joe's than I do as a, an actual sausage link. Oh, I agree. I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, for me, when I think of sausage, um, I'm going to draw a lot of heat. Um, Alex Waller, if you're listening to this, you're going to be real upset with me. But um, to me, when I think of a sausage, I think of being outside of Fenway Park and getting a sausage with onions and peppers. Oh, fuck you. A nice big, like, that's what I think of. So for me, if I'm thinking of a sausage, I want something that holds together, especially if I'm right about to watch the best team in baseball. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they have the. I think they probably still sell those at the Phillies, but um, uh, the actual best team in baseball. But anyway, um, the the only reason the Trader Joe's Cerizo is on this is because I think it should be talked about. Um, I would agree that it's, it definitely does not fit into like a sausage like you normally would think of, like a sausage link. Um, but when you buy it, it still comes in like a sausage tube, and I'm sure there's some way you can mash it together to make it into a sausage link. But yeah, it is crumbles for the most part. But it's the same with when you buy um when you buy the what Morningstar uh soy chorizo that comes in crumbles as well and I always thought that was weird because normal chorizo I don't believe is just crumbles. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest and um I don't think I had chorizo before going vegan. If I did, I just don't genuinely don't remember it. The only time I can remember is um. I had it in a ground. Well, no, I have had it before. I'm sorry, but it was in a crumble form. But I don't. I am an honest person. I have no idea if I've had it like a sausage form like that before. Yeah, you know. Now that I'm thinking about it. I've had every time I've ever had a, a chorizo burrito. It's always been crumbles. Yeah. And that that was, but it's always been vegan. But Chipotle's chorizo is also in crumbles. Maybe chorizo is always crumbles. I could see Damn, that. We're, um, we're real white, right? We're now. definitely really white. Uh, for someone who loves um, Lucha as much as I do, I should be less white about this than I am, but it's yeah. fine. And I speak very broken Spanish, but I am not sure. So, whatever. Trader Joe's, soy rizo, number nine on the list. Um, now we're going to move on to number eight. I have as... Uh, one that I've eaten a million fucking times, and it's probably why I have it low because I'm just kind of I'm kind of over it. Is the Tofurky Italian? Um, so when I ran my vegan food cart, I used this. Uh, the reason that I think you should eat the Tofurky ones, the Tofu, the Tofurky brand in general, is that those links have 27 grams of protein in them, which is absurd. But this one borders on the issue of uh. It being too spice forward, like I'm not getting, I'm getting the flavor of sausage, but I'm not getting the consistency of it. But I like the flavor of it, if that makes sense. It's it's a, but it's a little like sauce. It's Italian sausage flavor forward rather than having the the more mild flavor with the consistency of it. If that makes sense. I agree. I think this one would be a lot higher for me if your next one didn't exist. Yeah. That's fair. We'll just go right into it then. Number seven is also an Italian sausage, but it's by Field Roast, and that is way better. It it has the the spice forward and the same flavor basically as the Tofurky Italian, but the consistency is much nicer. Um, and I think it I think it cooks better. I mean, everything about it is just a step better. 
Tofurky sausages are good. I just feel like Field Roast has them beat. I think their actual all-around sausage just holds up better. Um, it to me a lot of the times is if Tofurky's on sale, I grab it. Um, if, otherwise, if nothing's on sale and I really want sausage, personally, I'm grabbing Field Roast. I kind of agree with that. the The issue is for me that the 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 Tofurky sausages are just bigger. Um, so I like that, and also being lazy, I don't like having to cut the sausages out of the out of like the plastic like you do. <laughs> That's such a ridiculous complaint. Also, I will throw out, like, caloric-wise, they're about the same. And uh, protein-wise, they're just about equal. They're only a gram or two off. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they're actually both really close to each other. Okay, I, I, I didn't know what the field roast uh, protein was. But um, uh, speaking of field roast, real quick before we keep going, I, I talked it over with Colby, and, and we agreed that I shouldn't put any hot dogs on the list because it would be fucked up. But, I mean... Yep. A field roast like field roast frankfurter appreciation real quick those 100%. are so dude they are amazing the light life sausages are just okay but they like blow up when you like heat them they have like little bubbles all over them it's fucking weird they look so like processed and fake field roast sausages are fucking amazing um but yeah so just want to talk i mean sorry field roast hot dogs i mean the sausages are good too but the field roast frankfurter that's the best one you can buy. Little so sauerkraut, little mustard, those things go. Yeah, if you're ever like looking to like make some, make up, make vegan hot dogs, do yourself a favor, shell out the extra couple bucks, get the field roast frankfurters. Um, all right, number six on my list. Now this one is hard to find. Um, when I ran my food cart, we got this because we had, but we had to have it special ordered, which is the Tofurky Bratwurst. Um. It honestly is amazing. When you put sauerkraut and mustard on this, it tastes just like a regular brat. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have ever had Johnsonville's Stadium Brats, but this reminds me of that in a lot of ways. I think the flavor, like, I mean, Bratwurst has, like, such a unique flavor where it's, like, a little bit more mild. Um, it's a little, I don't, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's just, like, you know, the flavor of brat versus, like, anything else is, like, pretty different. And I think this does a good job of capturing that in a way that still puts the, flavor forward uh, yeah i i personally think this one should be higher it's at my whole foods uh so i can get it literally whenever i want and it tends oh, nice. to always be on sale so what ends up happening is is um one that's a little bit higher up i basically walk in i see the price of it and then i turn around and i go and i grab a pack of these pretty much every time they're amazing yeah i think this would be for me personally and again i did a I'm going to use the excuse that I was sick and not that, you know, I just didn't prepare for this at all. And Travis carries his podcast completely. But um, I would put this one probably in my number two spot. Like, I like it that much. It is for I'm a very bang for your buck type of guy. I'm sure that is obvious by now. And yeah. for me, they're some of the best bang for your buck. You get good sausage for not that expensive. And it, it's just worthwhile. Uh, honestly, looking at my list, I feel like I should have swapped my number six and my number three. Like, I should have had this at number three and my I, number three. I can agree with that. But, you know, it's too late for that now. So, number five uh, is, in my opinion, the best field roast sausage, which is the apple sage. Um, having the actual chunks of apple in it, so fucking good. Uh, the sage in it is, like, perfectly balanced with it. And then it fits, like, I mean, you can do it with, like whatever you want on it and it's gonna be good like if you if you put mustard with it like a spicy brown first of all if i ever say mustard i'm never talking about fucking plain yellow mustard because i'm not a basic bitch i want spicy brown i want Always. dijon 
uh, or I want stone ground. So if you put like a mustard like that on it, it works. You put a barbecue sauce on it, I think that's the best way. It works. Uh, we used to make a garlic mayo uh, at my food cart just for this, basically, and it, it goes amazing with it. So I think that uh, the flavor on this also works. It, what I like, too, is that this basically you could chop this up and use it in place of the, the field roast breakfast sausage. Like, it, it works for breakfast. It works as a normal, like, lunch meal. It works for everything. I think it's super versatile, and I love it. What's crazy is they actually do like it's so versatile. They use it for their wings that they sell. Yeah, yeah. Their buffalo wings. They use this sausage, and it doesn't feel out of place. It's that good. Yeah, it's like a chicken apple sausage basically, but it's apple sage. So I mean, if you like chicken sausage, I mean, it. it I don't know. It, it, there's just everything about it is just so good, and like, I mean, I don't know if I could ever actually turn it into the wings myself, but. All they do is they they cut them on a bias, they bread them, and I'm gonna guess I would imagine they're steamed a little bit before they're going into the packaging because they're they're a lot softer as the yeah. wings. But other than that, I mean, you could you can use these to make wings basically. Uh, I mean, and Fieldro sells a cookbook that has a bunch of ingredients, like a bunch of recipes like that in it. So you should, I mean, if I was if I was the listener, I would look up the Fieldro's cookbook, get it, and try and make them myself. Um. So number four, I have the light life breakfast sausage. Um, I I honestly think I might be the only person who buys this. I've never bought it. Okay, it's 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 hard to work with because you have to. I mean, it's essentially like it's like real sausage meat, like before it's packed. Uh, it comes in a big tube, like cookie dough, and then you smash it down into sausage. Yeah, it's but, always looked kind of gross, so I feel like that's why I've never bought it. Yeah, and it's it's really easy to make gross. If you make your patty too thick and don't cook it long enough, uh, it'll get like a it has like a mushy texture inside of it. Um, but now that I cook it almost every day, I've gotten it down to like I know like I know exactly what I want it to be, um, and I know like the right thickness. I know and so like I'll make just egg. I'll put uh, I'll get an English muffin and I make the just egg do the Light life sausage, slice of vile life, and it is straight up an egg McMuffin. Um, like, I want to throw out not all of us are as rich as Travis. Um, that meal would never happen in my life. That yeah, is that, so expensive. That meal. Well, okay, honestly, but the thing is, if you just get if you get a pack of if you get one tube of the light life breakfast sausage, and you make your your patties the appropriate size, you can make six just sausage and cheese English muffins easily with it. And that is still delicious. Um, yeah, the Just Egg is where you lose me on that. Yeah. I still haven't bought it because I just can't bring myself to pay like $9 for a serving. Well, it's actually at Publix now, and it's only 8 bucks. Um, that's that's still a little much. It is it is a lot. I mean, trust me, you can make you can make tofu scramble just as good as the Just Egg. The nice thing about the Just Egg for me is that I can make it taste just like eggs, which is one of the things Colby misses the most, but Colby doesn't like to eat tofu because it makes her stomach hurt. So for my for my family, for my household, it, it is like the perfect like balance. Um and it's nice because you can buy just egg and like just freeze it and thaw it out and use it and it works fine. Um but uh if you do you do just egg, you gotta make sure that you cook it and then add stuff to it. You can't add stuff to it in the beginning because the way it works essentially is like you're you're dealing with like chemical reactions of these ingredients. So when you add or subtract things from it, you're going to make it cook different 
greatly, and it could just never turn into actual like solid egg. Yeah, but, that's where that's where I'm a little lost on it. Yeah, it's fucking science. It's stupid. Um, because everyone knows science is bullshit, and God created the Earth. Um, anyway, that was a joke. I I don't actually believe that. Um, but uh, okay, so. Once you actually get it to well, – once you use it properly, though, it's this, – this sausage is amazing. Um, and if you throw it in, like, tofu scramble or anything like that, like, you have to cook it a little bit first or else it will just be, like, raw, you know, loose balls of vegan meat. But, like, once you actually get it cooked, it's, it's incredible. It tastes exactly like real breakfast sausage um, and, like, breakfast sausage patties, which I, I think is one of the things that veganism – lacks the most right now and it, they're they're amazing that's and fair i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate on that um i definitely i will give the late life breakfast sausage a try um your next one i've also never had so clearly i need to try a couple all right so tofurkey makes a basil pesto sausage or maybe maybe it's a spinach pesto um regardless they make us they make a pesto infused sausage and it is by far the best tofurkey product um i usually do not like tofurkey for anything aside from their sausages uh and their chicken strips are pretty good actually but um that's besides the point uh the tofurkey pesto sausage is awesome it's their artisan brand uh so it's a little bit more expensive uh but i think it's worth it if you like simmer it like if you like if you just brown like if you dice it up brown it on both sides and then like let it simmer in some like red sauce it makes an amazing pasta i'll um, give it a shot i'll look for it i don't know if it's here i feel like i've never seen it i honestly will see it. i only see it at whole foods um and it's got like a different color packing than the rest of it it's like a white packing with like a like a light green like borderline aqua stripe on it um and I think I, but I think it's delicious. That that to me is the peak uh, tofurkey product. But actually, it's probably not. It's it should have been the tofurkey brought at this spot, and then the tofurkey pesto sausage should have been at six because the the turkey tofurkey brought is the best one. But the the uh, the pesto sausage is just the one that made me like tofurkey again and made me actually like buy tofurkey actively because for the longest fair. time I feel like that's a fair spot it. for it then. Now, number two and number one to me, they they're the same company. Uh, I I don't think I, they are untouchable in my opinion. And that is number two is the Beyond Italian, and number one is the Beyond Brat. I mean, they taste and feel exactly like real sausage, and I fucking love sausage. So like they cook like it, and unlike other Beyond products, when you cook them, they smell good the whole time. They don't smell like shit when you're cooking them. Um, they taste amazing. Like they're, you can use them for anything. I like to take the Beyond uh, brat and just cook it, and then make uh, rosemary and thyme potatoes, uh, and just have like a real traditional like German meal. I'll put sauerkraut on the whole fucking thing. Uh, I respect your love of sauerkraut because I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. Sauerkraut is so underutilized. It's so good. Not only is it so good, it's good for you. It's a natural. Yeah. Uh, it's also super cheap. Like, Public sells that one bag of it that's, like, pretty big for, like, $1.50 or something like yeah. that. It is. It's not expensive, and it adds a lot of flavor. It's a natural probiotic. That's what I was looking for. I think. It is. Um, but, again, scientists try to talk to me about probiotics, and uh, I don't trust them. Yeah, that's that's fair. But um, I think that these are the 
I, I mean, I, I just they're they're too expensive. I think we can both agree there. Uh, Nine dollars for a four pack is 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 quite a lot, but holy shit, they are like the best indulgence you'll ever get. Like I, I love these. Once I move and can have a grill, I'm gonna be grilling them all the time. But for now, I just cook them in a pan. Uh, I cook them in butter, so they just get like real greasy and fat, and I, I love them. The price of these murders them for me. Like, I have a lot of trouble buying them. I think I've only had them maybe twice because of that. Even with a dollar off coupon, I thought they were too much. I personally would have these lower for that. Because to me, like, your cost matters. Like, I don't... It rates lower to me because of how expensive it is. When you look at these, I can get two things of the Tofurky brought. Or my number one, which I know I didn't do a list, but you know this. And I'm... Just upset this isn't even on the list. But the Guardian Slice Italian Sausage, it's out now. Mind you, it is already sliced, so that should knock it down a little bit. But it is just so flavorful, and Publix has it for $3.83 a package. I can make a solid two, three meals per package out of it. You're talking for the price of one beyond package of four, I can get like six meals out of the Slice Guardian. And it is, it's so good. It's so flavorful. It's price-wise, it's great. If you haven't had that, or I know it's not widespread yet, I think it's weird that we have it in Tallahassee, but that is something to go out of your way for. I love it. See, okay, so when I had it, I thought it was, like, just okay. Like, I thought it was good, um, but, like, it, like you said, it comes sliced already, which I don't like, because the only convenient thing is I don't have to slice up a sausage that I would normally buy. Like, I can just buy this pre-sliced, but otherwise... I've already, I already have sausages that work good cut up in pasta, so I don't need this, and I just don't think it's that good. Um, I think that it's a little too spice forward. Um, like I love I, it. It's so there's so much fennel, and I'm a yeah, big fennel exactly. fan, and that might be why I like this one. And you don't. I love fennel. Like the more you can put that flavor into things, I'm excited. Yeah, and that's, that's why like, I love it. So the Gardein meatball is just straight up a ball of fennel. So but good. I love it so much. Yeah, I love them. But I don't love it. I, I don't know. I just don't love it in the sausage, but I fucking love it in the meatballs. That's fair. I think it's good. We agree on stuff too much, so it's probably good that we have this much of a difference. That's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Is there anything else you uh, anything else you wanted to put on the list? Not really. That's the only one I could think of. I'm not a... And it's, I'm not doing this from like a holier than thou type person. I'm not a huge fake meat person in general. I eat them here or there, um, but I'm not like super, super big on them. So definitely take my stuff with on them with a grain of salt. I kind of just do it as an indulgence every once in a while. But um, I would say you're not really going to go wrong with anything on the list. The only one I, I just can't talk about the pesto or the breakfast sausage. Those might be gross. I don't know. I don't fully trust Travis. I once saw him eat just peas. Uh, they were seasoned, but still. Uh... I do, lo- I, I do love just eating peas. I, I, the, uh, there was one day that I straight up – this this is going to be real gross. I honestly don't want to say this on the podcast, but we're already here. There was one time that I made a big bowl of peas, and I cooked them in uh, nutritional yeast and Dijon mustard, and it was so fucking good. I have no issue with peas. I just think it's a real weird like old man side dish. Like You had like a veggie burger and peas. Yeah. Well, the thing was – and this is the reason I started eating peas again – all the time is that I read that Beyond uses mostly pea and carrot protein for their stuff. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to start eating peas again because I loved them when I was a kid. Then I found out that Beyond extracts the protein from them, but like peas themselves are not protein heavy at all. Yeah, they're um, not super protein heavy. 
Yeah, I mean, usually you get about, I think it's like, out of like a quarter cup of peas, which is about like your general side size, it's only like two or three grams of protein. But I just love them. I just like, and the same, another thing we've been eating a lot of with legitimately no nutritional value is been eating a lot of cream corn lately. Okay, um, that's a weird one. I disagree with that fully. Cream corn is one of the worst concepts I think ever. I, dude, honestly, if you explained it to me, I would never try it. But I don't know. There's just something. So I eat fake meat for basically every meal. Um, like straight up, I like never eat something. That's, every now and then I'll have like a meal of like, like I mean I'll, I'll like use a vegetable to make a fake meat every now and then. Like I'm, like I'll make like KFC famous bowls with jackfruit or something. But like other than that, dude, I use fake meat for everything. Um, so. But I also ate meat for every single meal before. Like, I, I never had a salad before I went vegan. Um, so that doesn't help. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I've been on a big cream corn as my side kick lately. I'll do, like, I'll do, like, a like a Beyond Burger, and then I'll do a, a big thing of cream corn or baked beans. And then all right, baked beans, I'm all for. Yeah. I'll it do it like definitely a, works, because, like, the foods you eat just, like, really fit your whole looking like a 45-year-old dad gimmick. Yeah. So exactly. um, I, re- I really think it fits. Yeah, I'll have, like, a burger, broccoli, and cream corn, and I am I couldn't be happier. And the thing about cream corn, too, is that you can, I don't know, it's you can throw butter, you just throw a big spoonful of butter in it, let it get all, like, fatty and gross, maybe splash a tiny bit of barbecue sauce in it. Can't go wrong. I love your use of barbecue sauce. That is my big thing. I think anytime someone goes to use ketchup, you should just use barbecue sauce. I agree with that. Um, And if you're into uh, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue, which is my my favorite one, uh, two barbecue sauces to try uh, is the Carolina Gold barbecue sauce. I think it's by, uh, like... I don't even remember the brand, but there's like a, you'll see it. It's like orange, but there's a, a Sweet Baby Ray's that is like a mustard barbecue. And it is like the best sauce I've ever tried because it's my two favorite things, mustard and barbecue sauce, put into the same sauce. So it's amazing. Yeah, that will, I love that. One. I mean, I'm a big fan of kind of the mustard based or vinegar based barbecue sauces. Yeah. So for me, like, I'm, I don't know. I, I have some hatred of ketchup that I personally don't even understand. It's probably because it's so close. It's like a it's like a shitty, shitty, shitty poor person version of red sauce. Yeah, I mean, I've been served pasta with ketchup on it by like family, not like a not by family, by like I've gone to a friend's house and they've made that as a meal before, and I had to eat it to like not be rude, and it just deep down hurt my Italian self. Like it felt like my ancestors were all just like basically telling me to kill myself. I used to eat like basically ketchup by the spoonful, and even I think that that sounds gross to eat ketchup on just pasta, but uh, I, I, I like I like ketchup, but I'm kind of past it now. It's uh, it's definitely poverty food, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I think that just about does it for the episode. Ended on a real high point there with uh, shitting on some ketchup. Absolutely. Fuck ketchup. I'm going to so, yeah. end up being in the title. Yeah, exactly. Fuck ketchup, but uh, yeah, so... Everyone go ahead and, and uh, leave us some reviews if you feel like it, unless you're going to be a dick. Well, I mean, if you're a dick, we'll just kind of troll you back, so that could be fun. Um, but uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SpotFestCast. Uh, I think that's all we have to plug. 
Yeah, um, we're on Apple Podcasts now. I know we weren't for a minute, but we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on pretty much everywhere. I do yeah. want to just say thank you to people who listened specifically through Anchor because that, like, I know it was mostly our friends, but even through that, it got more listens than I expected. And I definitely, I think it's funny. People seem to enjoy me and Travis just kind of punish you about wrestling, but I'm uh, very cool and I'm definitely appreciative. It made me appreciate, uh, our wrestling group chat, but also just friends in general. So shout out to our friends who listen. Yeah, I, I appreciate all of our friends so goddamn much for, like, listening and, like, not just listening, but giving us, like, honest feedback. Uh, so, like, our wrestling group chat, like, I mean, so many of you guys have all texted me uh, and told me that you, like, listen to it or shown me that you're, like, just actively listening to it throughout your day. And that means the fucking world. I know we've only done one episode but I, I plan on doing this for uh, as long as we possibly can. So the fact that you guys are willing to like sit there and like let us punish you uh, for you know the better part of two hours just means so much to us. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. For sure. And we'll, so for next week, like he said, we're going to go to Fest Wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling happening. Right now I'm watching, literally as we're doing this podcast, I'm watching Best Friends vs. LAX, um, which is it was the opener for Uncharted Territory, which I was kind of shocked about. But um, just we're going to be at Fest Wrestling. Um, if you listen to this and you're somehow there and you know who we are, come say hey. Why not? But uh, we're probably going to talk about vegan places to eat in Gainesville. Uh, spoiler, Gainesville has some really cool vegan spots. I think we're, we'll probably talk outside of where we're going to try to hit up. Um, but yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure the vegan segment next week is going to have a little bit of talk of where we ate. Uh, where five seconds happens to be or – is it five? I don't even know the name. Eight of the seconds. Menu. Eight seconds. It used to be called Cowboys, and I've been messed up ever since. Um, they kind of, like, go back and forth in name. But, like, right around the corner from there is an amazing, like, Jamaican spot. We have Karma Cream, which is, like, an ice cream place. It also has sweets. There's a great coffee place right around the corner, which name I can't remember. So I'm sure we're definitely going to have a good amount of stuff to talk about, at least for that. I hope those matches kind of pop up and there's something I want to watch. Fest normally is pretty good about it. But, um, yeah, I figured I'd give you that little what's going on and what you might expect next week. Yeah, and and I guess one more thing before, I, before I'm done, uh, not to get the last word in or anything like that. Like I said, I am moving back to uh, Philadelphia this month or the month of May. So at some point I'll be back, uh, which means that it's got a positive and a negative uh, for the for the podcast, it, obviously it sucks that you know I won't be able to see Silvio as much, but uh, we still will obviously be able to Skype because that's how we do this already, um, and it'll basically mean that we will now be able to hit probably more shows. Uh, Silvio still, I'm guessing, is planning on moving to some part of Florida uh, that will be closer to like where the wrestling happens, and now I'll be able to start going to more of these Northeast shows. So we can have more road reports for you guys uh, because right now it's like not a ton going on in Florida. Like we have some like no ring shows going on. We got some like local uh, independent promotions that are doing okay. Like I just went to one this past weekend where Effie was wrestling and it was an outdoor show uh, and it was fun. But like we should have uh, much more to talk about seeing in person uh, in the next coming months with uh, some moving stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm excited about that. Obviously, I'm bummed Travis is moving, but it is what it is. Um, this podcast will still move forward. If anything, it's probably a little better because we'll have more to talk about each time. And we will still be going to fight for the fallen together. Oh, that's right. Are you going to fly down for that? I didn't even think of that. 
Yeah, I will. I do not care what I have to do. I will find a way to make sure I come down. Um, I'm going to choose that over Fighter Fest. I won't be going to Fighter Fest anymore, I don't think. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll end up switching out and selling my ticket for uh, Fight for the Fallen going to Fighter Fest. But I will be down here for one of those shows. Uh, but, yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank everyone for listening and uh, hope you guys check us out next week. Yeah, I'm absolutely not going to edit out where Travis was gone for 30 minutes.